Today is the last of a seven-part sermon series that I've been doing on the ABCs of spiritual vitality. And we began with the letter A. We talked about and looked at acceptance, God's grace, and what that means for our lives. And that because God accepts us, we can accept Jesus, we can accept others, and we can accept ourselves. In the second sermon, we looked at the letter B. We talked about balance. And we discovered that Christians have to have a balance in their spiritual life. That even Jesus had to sometime get away from the maddening crowds and to be with his Father. And the same holds true for us. There are times we need to get away from the hecticness of our lives and our schedules and to be alone with God and get that renewal and recharging that we need. We looked at the letter C. We talked about communication and how important communication is not only with God but also with one another. And how we need to be slow to speak, fast to listen, and slow to get angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. A few weeks ago, we looked at the letter D. We talked about discipline. We discovered that the Christian life is a disciplined life. And we're called to exercise spiritual disciplines. Prayer, Bible study, coming to church, Sunday school classes, partaking in communion. And all the means of grace that Wesley talked about. But the Christian life is to be a disciplined life. Not that we're working to earn God's grace and love. But because we do these things to help us grow spiritually. Knowing that it's God's grace, not our efforts, that help us to grow. And then, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at the letter E. And we found how important encouragement is. That we're called to encourage one another. That the Christian life is not a lone ranger life. That we need each other. That we depend upon each other for mutual encouragement and mutual support. Because it's not easy living the Christian life. We need that support. And then last week we looked at the letter F. Forgiveness. We discovered that to be a Christian is to have an attitude of forgiveness. Forgiving those who wrong us. Because that's what Jesus commands us to do. That's the life that Jesus lived. Even on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we're called to live that same kind of life so that we might not hinder God's working in us. Today, I want to talk to you about the crowning aspect. This is probably one of the most important aspects of spiritual vitality. Gratitude. Gratitude. We're called to live a life of thanksgiving, a life of gratefulness to God. In fact, one could argue... That our lives as Christians is simply in response to God's initial grace to us in Jesus Christ. Our life is to be a life of gratitude. I haven't even started preaching yet. (laughs) So having said that, let's join together in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, in some parts of Mexico, hot springs and cold springs are found side by side. And because it's so convenient for the people there, the women often bring their laundry and boil their clothes in the hot springs and rinse them in the cold ones. A tourist who was watching this procedure commented to his Mexican guide in front, I imagine they think old Mother Nature is pretty generous to supply them with such ample, clean, hot and cold water here, side by side for their free use.
The guide replied, no, senor, there is much grumbling because she supplies no soap. (laughs) Now, in our scripture reading today, Paul closes his first letter to the young Christian church in Thessalonica. Paul exhorts these young Thessalonian Christians to give thanks in all circumstances. To give thanks in all circumstances. Now, the church that Paul founded there had endured great persecution for its faith. If anyone had reason to not be thankful, it would have been the Thessalonian Christians. Some of them had been beaten and imprisoned for their faith. Others of them had had their possessions seized and taken from them. And yet Paul tells them to give thanks in all circumstances. Now what Paul's asking these young Christians to have is an attitude of gratitude. That's right, an attitude of gratitude. Today, more than ever, we need such an attitude. An attitude of gratitude can do three things for us. Let's very briefly take a look at each one. As usual, if you'd like to follow along, there's a sermon outline that's printed in your bulletin for your convenience. Fill in the blanks. Take it home. Consider what God may be saying to you this week. Or if you prefer, you can follow along with a PowerPoint presentation. Let's begin then with the first point. First of all, an attitude of gratitude can sweeten the sourest of situations. An attitude of gratitude can sweeten the sourest of situations. There's a legend that tells of a fruit that can be found on the continent of Africa called the taste berry because it changes a person's taste so that everything eaten becomes sweet and pleasant. Sour fruit, even if eaten several hours after the taste berry, becomes sweet and delicious. Gratitude is the taste berry of Christianity. And when our hearts are filled with gratitude, anything that comes our way can have its sour taste thwarted. Gratitude can help sweeten a sorrowing heart. It can help lighten the burden of an overburdened soul. It can help dispel the loneliness of the disappointed and bring spiritual strength to the sick. Keep the taste berry of gratitude in your hearts and it will flavor your life even as the taste berry of Africa sweetens the taste for the African. Now, all of us experience problems from time to time. But an attitude of gratitude can help make such problems more palatable. For you see, an attitude of gratitude can sweeten the sourest of situations. And that brings us to the second point I want to make about gratitude today. Second, an attitude of gratitude can strengthen us to endure the worst of calamities. An attitude of gratitude can strengthen us to endure the worst of calamities. It's true. It can strengthen us to endure the worst of calamities. Now, I'm not suggesting that you subscribe to the rose-colored glasses school of thought. All of us face trials and tribulations. And you know, we can neither deny nor avoid all trouble and tribulations. But neither can we deny God's blessings to us in their many different forms. Friends, family, loved ones. 
Some of the greatest leaders of the church have known the secret of strength that comes from gratitude to God. Such an attitude has enabled countless saints and martyrs to face sufferings, persecutions, disease, and even death with dauntless courage. The hymn that we sang earlier that David shared with us, Now Thank We All Our God, was written by Martin Rinkhart. Martin Rinkhart, who was born in Eilenburg, Germany, in April of 1586, 40 years after Martin Luther's death. His hymn has been called the German Te Deum, and is considered by many to be second only among German hymns to the Reformer's magnificent, a mighty fortress is our God. Rinkhart was a minister of the gospel in the city of Eilenburg during the terrible Thirty Years' War. Eilenburg was a walled town and therefore a place of refuge for thousands who lost everything in the war. The overcrowded conditions of the city brought famine and pestilence. At one time, Rinkhart was the only minister in the city. Now, to serve thousands... Suffering from hunger and dying from disease was a Herculean task. Often, he performed funerals for from 40 to 50 people a day. At last, the number of dead each day was so great that it became impossible to bury them individually. So they were interred in groups in trenches. Altogether, 8,000 people died in Eilenburg, including Rinkhart's wife. And even more so, not only that, but Rinkhart suffered several financial losses and was never adequately adequately paid by the authorities of the city for his unselfish and tireless efforts in behalf of the sick and the dying. And yet, and yet during this terrible time, he wrote that wonderful hymn of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord, Now Thank We All Our God, a hymn that we just sang earlier. You see, an attitude of gratitude can also strengthen us to endure the worst of calamities. And that brings us to the third and final point I want to make about gratitude. Third and finally, an attitude of gratitude can help us to find something good in even the most miserable of circumstances. An attitude of gratitude can help us to find something good in even the most miserable of circumstances. Even in the worst of situations, we can find good things from God for which we can be thankful. A heart filled with gratitude can open our eyes to see those good things and enrich not only our lives, but the lives of others in the process. A heart filled with gratitude is worth much more than gold because it can help discover treasures all around that others miss. Such an attitude can open up the treasures of God's grace that we would otherwise overlook. I want to close with this last illustration. Henry Ward Beecher. Henry Ward Beecher, the famous 19th century preacher, leaves us with an illustration of the heart of gratitude that's well worth remembering. And I want you to listen very carefully to his words. He says, and I quote, If one should give me a dish of sand, 
If one should give me a dish of sand and tell me there are particles of iron in it, I might look for them with my eyes and search for them with my clumsy fingers and be unable to detect them. But let me take a magnet and sweep through it. And now will it draw to itself the almost invisible particles by the mere power of attraction. The unthankful heart, like my finger in the sand, discovers no mercies. But let the thankful heart sweep through the day. And as the magnet finds the iron, so will it find in every hour some heavenly blessings. Only the iron in God's sand is gold. Only the iron in God's sand is gold. You see, folks, thankful hearts can help us to discover the treasures of God's mercies present in each day. Well, in conclusion, an attitude of gratitude can sweeten the sourest of situations. It can strengthen us to endure the worst of calamities. And it can help us to find something good in even the most miserable of circumstances. Whoever has the ears to hear, let that one hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen.